Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, the federal government is planning a massive increase in the number of immigrants entering Canada with a goal of bringing in 500,000 people in 2025. Immigration Minister Sean Fraser revealed the new targets today, uh, saying the move is necessary to ensure Canada's economic prosperity uh, remains. The announcement signals a significant increase from the 405,000 immigrants that came to Canada last year and the 465,000 expected to arrive uh, next year. And put that in context, I recall working uh, at this radio station in the early 1990s uh, as a producer and we used to debate whether or not 250,000 immigrants uh, a year, uh, we would be actually be able to absorb that uh, as a country. So it gives you a sense of essentially doubled in those uh, 30 years the amount of immigrants that will be coming to Canada. Uh, Canadian industries, of course, are facing a significant labour shortage. About 1 million jobs are vacant across the country. Uh, here is Immigration Minister Sean Fraser. In 2023, this coming year, we're going to deploy new selection tools to better target sectors that have the highest need for labor in consultation with experts and provincial and territorial partners. We can't afford to keep bringing doctors here who aren't able to work as doctors. We can't afford to bring skilled tradespeople here who aren't working as skilled tradespeople. We're going to work with provinces that are taking steps to recognize the foreign credentials of skilled newcomers to make sure that they can work in hospitals and help build homes across the country. That was Immigration uh, Minister Sean Fraser uh, today. And as I was saying in the 1990s on, on CKNW, we used to be debating, uh, you know, numbers around 250,000 uh, immigrants. In 1984, uh, we had 90,000 immigrants come to Canada over the course of the year. And now, as I said, by 2025, they are projecting about 500,000 immigrants. So joining me now is Andy Yen, urban planner and agent professor at Simon Fraser University. Andy, welcome. Hey, Jazz, how you doing? I'm doing very well, my friend. I'm glad uh, we were able to chat with you today. Uh, when you hear numbers like this, for, for, for an urban planner like yourself, what goes through your mind? Well, I think that it really highlights, I think, uh, some of the immediate kind of challenges that our country is facing, not only about today, but about tomorrow. And really the kind of profound challenges we face in terms of demographics, in terms of an aging population, jobs that are really left open that I think that is occurring right across the country. And yet at the same time, I think that when you come out with these types of immigration uh, numbers, um, it's also important to note that 60 percent of, say, new immigrants that came in the last five years actually land only in four metropolitan areas in Canada. So that I think that there is, I think, some profound challenges that are ahead in terms of not only the question of absorbing these immigrants, but it's also integrating these immigrants. Mm-hmm. You raise a very good point. We were talking a little bit about this in the first hour. Uh, the you know you listen to the optimistic comments of Immigration Minister Sean Fraser, but then you mm-hmm. raised a very good point there in regards to one of our callers have been talking about that already as well. Uh, housing, uh, integration, mm-hmm. assimilation, those are all good mm-hmm. things and interesting things. How well do you think we're doing right now in regards regards to even the numbers are well past 400,000 per year. Are we doing okay? I mean, I don't want to put you in a position to maybe grade us, but if you feel comfortable grading this country, how would you grade us? Um, 
probably around a C, C plus. <laughs> uh, actually, funny enough, I, I, in preparation for uh, for our conversations, as I always do enjoy them, I, I wanted to kind of look at what what the latest census has said. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, what's interesting in looking at the latest census on a nationwide basis, um, you actually find from recent immigrants, that is immigrants who came in the last five years, um, 14% of that population is in core housing need. And to give you a comparison of that 14% of, of new immigrants being in core housing need, you find out that 7% of non-immigrants are in core housing needs. So you can see the struggle for new immigrants in this country when it comes to the issue of housing. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to that, then, uh, I mean, it, we're already in a crisis now. We have a challenge mm-hmm. now. I mean, it seems like one level of government is looking at this and saying, this is where we need to go. But the other level, the other side of government's going, well, where are the houses coming from? Where's the housing going to come from? Right. It seems like there's right. a complete disconnect. Right, right. I mean, it seems to be more like something like peewee hockey as opposed to the NHL that you have part of the team doing one thing and the other team doing another uh, part of the, uh, the same team. And I think that that is probably one of the biggest challenges in terms of, say, the, 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 the de-linkages between the federal government setting up these goals and, 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 and really ensuring these policies happen. And then what happens at the provincial level, much less at the local level, as really they're being felt on, on cities. And really our cities and the organizations and agencies within cities having the kind of supports and the materials that they need to to, to integrate these new immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sent me a, a stat, uh, I believe it was last week, uh, in looking at the diversity of Fort Langley, uh, the, the Langley mm-hmm. Township. I think the visible minority mm-hmm. populations went from 19% to 27%. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, what, what shocked me about that number is it happened in five years. It, it, didn't, it wasn't <laughs> a decade or 15 years, and that's generally what you'd mm-hmm. assume with that kind of jump. But in mm-hmm. five years, um, mm-hmm. speak to me, and maybe just my inside voice, and I'm an immigrant to this country, Mm-hmm. Uh, is the cohesiveness of our society when you uh, bring in so many people with different languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've done well in this country. Don't get me wrong. We've done it in the past. We continue to, to succeed at that. But mm-hmm. I worry when we're bringing the amount of people we're bringing in, when we have those very housing challenges, immigrants generally make less than the native-born population. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cohesiveness of society, uh, we have, don't have the racial challenges that American cities do or even some European countries do. But I worry for this city and this this country because I, I worry sometimes maybe we're moving a bit too fast with all those other issues uh, that we're facing. I think you definitely hit a important point here, Jazz, is that really do we have the infrastructure to integrate these immigrants to into our in, into our country, whether it means economically, culturally, socially, that I think it's it's going in and saying that, yes, indeed, having the federal government do these types of, I think, um, declarations of, 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 the, of the numbers that they're allowing in. And it's important to note that they're predominantly economic uh, economic immigrants that uh, focus a lot on uh, on skills that we ensure that there are there's the infrastructure, the social and physical infrastructure, because, of course, we're not only talking about housing, but yeah, an interesting substat is the fact that two-thirds of new immigrants use transit to get to work and to really ensure that things like our transportation network is ready to really be part of that overall infrastructure and institutions that mm-hmm. integrate immigrants into our economy. Um, because, I, I mean, these they, these pronouncements are, are, are interesting. I mean, it's the fact that, you know, we're not a country that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily question the role of immigration. It's just really the role of how much. 
and how many, as opposed to other, other countries which are like, you know, they want to stop the gates. And I think that that's a progressive, thoughtful uh, and mm-hmm. pragmatic approach towards this issue. But mm-hmm. still, I think that it goes into, yes, you've made these announcements towards how many uh, immigrants you're bringing into the country, but where's the announcement towards the investment in the infrastructure to support these new immigrants in this country? Yeah, we were talking about it at the 3 o'clock hour with uh, immigrants, uh, Immigrant uh, Settlement Services, and they were raising the issue. And add to that, the temporary foreign workers, international students, mm-hmm. so the numbers go up even higher. I think there's like 600,000 when you take international mm-hmm. students and temporary foreign workers in this country, also fighting for housing as well across the country on top of the immigrants as well. So huge challenges before us. Uh, Andy, I always appreciate the conversation with you. Thank you so much for your time today, my friend. Always a pleasure. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.